YouTube theologians, Pastor Wolfmuller here. It's three weeks later, I'm still thinking about the wedding at Cana, Jesus turning the water for purification into the wine of feasting, thinking about what that means. I, uh, my friend Bill reminded me that one of the reasons that Mary would have been so sensitive to the shame of the bride and the groom when the, when the wine ran out is because Mary would have never had a wedding herself. I mean, a small one privately. She's pregnant before the wedding. Oh, you know, the right, Joseph being righteous was going to not get married. So, so Mary never had what all, you know, whatever young girl dreams of having the big wedding day and Mary never had that. And so you, you can almost hear that then when she comes to Jesus and says, they have no wine. It's an amazing thing to think about, like, like that little thing that Mary was pregnant before the wedding to Joseph makes sense of a lot of things, like why she traveled so long to see Elizabeth, why they took this risk to travel from Nazareth down to Bethlehem for the birth of Jesus. It might be better if Jesus is born out of town. Mary would say, look, it's, the baby is from the Holy Spirit, and everybody knows that's not how babies work. There's a point that C.S. Lewis makes in his book on miracles, where he says, we think we're so smart, because now we know, for example, that a virgin can't conceive and give birth to a child. Well, Joseph knew that pretty well. The Pharisees knew that when they, John 8, remember when they accused Jesus? We know who our father is. Oh, wow. Anyway, you see that Mary is particularly sensitive around weddings. And here's Jesus invited with his disciples. And he says, it's not my time. And she seemingly ignores him. By the way, that, little, that when Jesus responds, woman... What has this to do with me? We hear that woman as a hard word. I, I don't think we should. It's the same word that Jesus uses from the cross. Woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mother. When he gives John and Mary to each other to care for each other. So now we're here at the wedding and it seems like Mary just ignores Jesus kind of putting her off and she turns to the servants and says, whatever he says to you, do it. And those are the last recorded words of Mary. I'm sure she spoke after that. We just don't know what she said. The Bible doesn't tell us that Mary's there at the crucifixion. Mary's there at the resurrection. Mary's around. But this is the last words we hear out of her mouth. And this should be instructive. For those who want to honor Mary, let's honor her in this way, listening to what her last words are, whatever he says do. In other words, don't pay attention to me. Pay attention to my son, Jesus. <laughs> I think that so many kind of merry theological issues would be solved that way. So Jesus says to the servants, here's the water pots, let's fill them up to the brim. And then, and, and you have to imagine, so, so here are the disciples. There's John, Andrew, Nathaniel, Philip, 
maybe Peter, maybe John. So there's four, maybe six disciples with Jesus. This is the is very on in the ministry when Jesus called those initial disciples, and then then later he's going to they go back to work and he's going to call them again. So this is very early on. John, especially, who's paying attention to this, had been a disciple of John the Baptist, and John the Baptist said, go follow Jesus, so he goes with Jesus. And wondering, no doubt, what he's gotten into. This is going to be the first time that the disciples met Mary, the mother of Jesus, the first time they're with him where, where he knows people and seeing how they interact, and they're paying very close attention. So they're watching this interaction, and they see Mary talking to Jesus, they see Mary talking to the servants, they see Jesus talk to tell the servants to fill up the water what's going on here and then they see the servants take the water and go to the master of the feast and they and can you imagine they watch as he tastes he, you know he's kind of panicking looking around what am i going to do and he tastes this and he realizes it's wine we've got wine in fact he tastes it and realizes that it, remember, that it's good wine. <laughs> and he gets mad. He goes to the bridegroom and says, what, you know, what kind of game is this? I thought we'd run out of wine, but you were holding some wine back, a bunch of wine back, and the good wine, we should have served this first. And the disciples are, wait, what's, the water's wine now? That We just saw him fill it up, and now Jesus is the one who... He changed the water into wine? Wait, who is this? And the disciples think, surely not. We saw him put the water in and they take it and they taste it as well. And, and the taste of that wine is, for the disciples, the taste of faith. <laughs> Remember... It says that his disciples first believed in him. So that that sip of, you know how this happens sometimes, a smell or a taste or something gets kind of bound up in your imagination to a certain thing. Well, that that taste, that sip, that, that first drink of wine is for John the taste of faith. This is the first time that Jesus did at Cana and Galilee and his disciples, and he manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. Now, I, I want to make a movie. Someone who knows how to make a movie can make this movie. It's a three-minute movie. And, and here's how it goes. It shows old man John, the apostle. He's in Ephesus. He's bishop of all of these churches. He's taken over from Timothy. He's back from exile in, uh, in Patmos. He's written the gospel. He's, he's writing, maybe he's writing a second letter. And he's going to visit people. And you have to know that when someone, it, it, who, he would have had this great dignity in the church. When someone like John, the, the last living disciple and apostle of Jesus comes to visit, that you pull out your best wine. So, so here's old Bishop Pastor Apostle John, sitting 90 years old, with his, his eyes still flashing, sitting at the table 
of a family who just had their baby baptized in Ephesus that morning, and they're having a feast for everyone involved, and they've invited John and the other pastors and their family and their friends to the feast. And they've put John at the head of the table, and they've gone down into the wine cellar, and they've pulled out their, their best bottle of wine to celebrate the baptism of their child. And with pride, he, the father says, this is the wineskin that my father gave to me when I was, I don't know, bar mitzvah or whatever. Uh, from 25 years ago, we've been waiting for a special occasion, and this is it. And he uncorks that, that bottle of wine with that kind of, to give it as a gift to John, and he pours the first sip. And here's where the movie starts, is it shows John taking that cup and surrounded by this joyful family, and he pulls it up to his mouth, and he takes the first sip. And, and the camera zooms into his eye and shows John take, uh, the young man John taking that sip of wine at the wedding of Cana and realize, and, and, and faith explodes onto his face. Jesus is the creator of the universe and he's here in the flesh and he's here to save me and he's going to take away my sins, not by the washing of purification required by the law, but by his mercy and by his blood and by the joy of his spirit. And John realizes that. And he realizes that Jesus is mine and I'm his and he loves me. And I am the, this disciple that he loves. And I will, because of this, live forever because God has sent his only begotten son. And so I won't die. And all of that he realizes with that taste who Jesus is and who he is for him and that joy that's there. And then it zooms back out and shows old man John who has to express in an instant three things. Number one, that this wine is not as good as the wine that Jesus made. And then number two, that the wine of joy is waiting for him in the resurrection and number three, he better act like this wine tastes really good so that he doesn't offend his guest. <laughs> now, I don't know any actor that can express those three thoughts in his face, one after another after another, like, oh, 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 thank you. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> and then the movie's over. <laughs> I think every, every sip of wine that John would have ever taken in the whole rest of his life, he would have thought, it's not as good, and oh, to drink again with Jesus. <laughs> now, I wonder if we should think that as well. That the Lord, in the, in the sip of wine, the Lord gives us faith. And in the sip of wine, the Lord gives us salvation. And in the sip of wine, the Lord reminds us of the glory that's on the way. In fact, so that we don't miss it, he puts the blood in the wine. He says, take and drink. Here's the new covenant, the new testament, the new promise that takes effect at my death, the new pledge of eternal life that I've won for you.
this is the first sign that Jesus did at Cana. And he manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. A Sunday drive to church on a Thursday morning at the coffee shop. 